we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. But the quality of our prayer life is important. We are motivated to continue praying by the results of our prayers. That motivates you, right? When you get results in your prayers, that motivates you. That's what motivates us. So that means you got to pray right to keep praying. If you're not praying right, you're going to give up on it. You're going to lose confidence and start doing it to meet some kind of Christian quota. I'm saved, so this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, that's when you start the sleepy-eyed prayers and the sleepy-head prayers on the side of the bed. You fell asleep like that. You know what I'm saying? Fell asleep in the middle of prayer. That means you wasn't saying nothing that you wanted to hear. You didn't even want to hear it and then expect God to. You was hurrying up because you was tired of it. (laughs) You know you've done it, falling asleep. God don't want that prayer. Get up, get in the bed. Wait till you wake up. Amen. God don't want that. You don't want it. You don't want to do it. The quality of our prayer. Amen. You can't be 30 years old now. Lay me down to sleep. I don't care what voice you do it in. I pray the Lord. It don't matter. You can't make that deep. Now lay me down to sleep. Scared of the dark prayer. Amen. It doesn't work. And Jesus wept don't work either. Why do people even say that? That has nothing to do with you. But the quality of our prayers, meaning we're saying what we need to say. We're saying what needs to be said. Y'all going to enjoy this. First Timothy 2 and 8. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands, surrendering without wrath or doubting. We should approach prayer with understanding if we want results. Amen. So if you're not approaching prayer with understanding, how do you expect to get results? Well, I just did. I just prayed my whole prayer in another language. What did you say? I don't know. Then you didn't pray with understanding. Oh, I got quiet on that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but the groanings, it was groaning. No, the Bible didn't say you had groan. It said the groanings was the Holy Spirit, not you. What's that? That's the groanings that you can't utter. You can't utter. You just uttered. What you mean groanings you can't utter and you just uttered? See, look, people look at you. That don't make no sense. Oh, everybody just go forth in groanings. Church sound like people getting stabbed and shot. Ah! 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 Out! Oh! Ouch! <laughs> but y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all been in them churches that sound like the rainforest. I'm just waiting on a mist. Those the groanings. They, 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 they can't utter them. They can't utter. Oh, that stuff I can't utter. Then shut up. Because <laughs> I distinctly hear things. And if I hear things, I hear utterances. I'm sorry I got to bust it up in here. But man, I need stuff to make sense. And I need it to be in line with scripture. I don't care who did it first. I don't care how long they've been doing it. I need it to line up with the scripture. Amen. 
So if I'm going to pray to get results, I need to understand what I'm praying. And pray with understanding. 1 Corinthians 14 and uh, 15 says, this is Paul. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit. Small s. So that means he's talking about what? Our human spirit. Because our human spirit is what we connect to God with. I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. Is that not plain and simple? My spirit's going to unite with God and I'm going to understand what I'm telling him and understand what I'm receiving from him. Right? This isn't talking about tongues. This is after he talked about tongues and needing an interpreter. He's saying, look, this, y'all got to have an interpreter if y'all going to be speaking and praying in tongues. He said, but if you are praying to God and ain't nobody around, then you need to be praying with understanding. What are the tongues for if nobody is around to even speak that language? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit. Human spirit. That means when I grab the mic and I start singing, my spirit connects to God. That does not mean I sing a song in tongues. I don't want to hear that song. You need to sing that in Korea if that's what you're speaking. I've seen them do it and then try to, and get mad if you don't repeat. And I'm like, man, I don't know what you just said. Start out, God is a good God. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I think. I don't know what I just agreed to. I don't know what I just agreed to. I'm going to sing with the what? Understanding. That's why we print the words on the screen so you can understand what you are singing. Amen. You can't mean it if you don't understand it. It is essential that we pray the word of God. When we pray the word of God, the word is nigh unto us and continuously in our mouths. Get you a Bible. Anybody do that this week? Some of you gave me your testimonies. Got you a Bible, read, and then pray what you read. Anybody do that? That's some powerful stuff right there. That'll teach you. So you're like, oh, that's been missing all my life. Where you been? Because now I am speaking the words of God and it is making the word nigh. Meaning it's right there, even in my mouth. Reciting the word enables us to hide it in our hearts and to live righteously. Romans 10 and 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So to get the word of faith in your heart, you need to read it. Amen. And even more effectively, after you read it, pray it. Pray the word of God. That's, that's putting the word, that's lacing your human spirit with the word of God. So when your flesh rises up and wants to do its own thing, you'll have the word there to counteract it. Whatever you put in you is what you're going to want to do anyway. Right? Yeah, you watch Bruce Lee all day, you're going to want to kick somebody. Yes, you will. Every time we, when we... Me and Landon and Jonathan, whenever we would watch any kind of karate movie, as soon as the credits roll, we up doing it. <laughs> it's just tired. We just look at each other. Up, oh, it's, it's going off. Come on. But if you sit and watch that and put that in you all day, that's all you're going to want to do. So if you put the word in you, the word will be in you and you can use it. And it'll be there in times of need. Amen. Amen. The word of faith, which Paul said that they were preaching. <clears throat> Jesus taught us how to pray. 
Yes, he did. Jesus taught us how to pray. He gave us a formula in the word to follow. So if you don't know how to pray, this is how you pray. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. This is Jesus saying, okay, this is how you pray. After this manner, meaning this is what you do. Do it like this. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So if Jesus said, this is how you pray, this is how you pray. Yes. Amen. I'm going to break this down to tell you exactly what Jesus was telling you because he wasn't telling you to just repeat this verbatim. But he was giving you what to say and how to say it when you're praying. Most of us in here know the Lord's Prayer. Amen. You know it and you need to teach it to your kids. Your kids need to know it. Everyone needs to know it. But it's not necessarily verbatim how he said it. It's the, thing, it's the things he said, the way he said them, in the order that he said them, that will allow us to have effective prayers. Amen. Start it off. Our Father, which... Art in heaven. Reverence establishes the proper tone for communication with God. Y'all better listen to this. Jesus began his prayer by reverencing the Lord. He affirmed God in his rightful place and recognized that he is God of heaven, which heaven in this phrase means everything. All right. The most high God is is above all and can do Anything. So that's the first thing Jesus recognized. Our Father, which is above everything. Psalms 42 and 2. For the Lord Most High is terrible. He is great king over all the earth. Terrible right there means to be feared. So he is to be feared. For the Lord Most High is to be feared. Why? Because he is so much bigger and better than you are. And so we need to see him in that light. Amen. He is terrible. He is great king over all the earth. So we start out our prayers recognizing his greatness when we come before him. Amen. We don't come before him. Lord, you said you better shut up because he is so much greater than you. And I understand this old charismatic boldness thing that they came out with where you go boldly and you just walk in front of him. Look, God. You said in your word, I'm just repeating what you said. I'm like, who are you talking to? But these are folks that talk to their mothers and their daddies like that. See, that's how you learn how to talk to God. Uh Uh-oh, just stepped in something. Amen. That's how you learn. Amen. That's how you learn. That's why I don't let folks run away from home and join ABC. Amen. I put an end to that about a year ago. Don't you run away from home. You get home straight before you come out here. Because if you run away from home, we had some folks did that ran away from home, didn't like nobody. The, the Bible said they're going to turn the fathers against their sons and the mothers again. And they start preaching that old junk and then they formed a sedition and didn't know how to act right. Didn't know how to honor leadership because look what you just did. You ran away from leadership. You can't run away from authority and then obey authority here. You're just going to bring mess here. You need to stay where you are. Get that straight first. I can't get an amen in here, but that's okay. Amen. And I had to learn. I had to learn. I couldn't just open my arms and welcome absolutely everybody in here because this is a church. No, folks come here the wrong way. They're going to do the wrong thing. They didn't respect authority where they were. They're not going to respect it here. Can I preach in here? Yeah. Yeah. 
God. So you got to get it straight. You got to learn authority. You got to learn these things. You got to learn honor and obey. I talked about it last week, creation roles and stuff. Amen. You, you, you stayed single too long. You got married and now you don't know how to follow women. Amen. Men too. You don't know how to even coexist with somebody. Amen. You learn those things from your parents. Well, I don't have any kind of relationship with my dad. Then you need to go get one. Get something. Get a piece. Get something. With your mother or your father, whichever one, you need to learn authority. And that way you can come before God the right way. It has everything to do with that. Oh, I wish somebody would listen to me. So when we come before God to reverence him and to put him in the rightful place, we have to put the people in our lives in the rightful place. Reverence. Establish the proper tone for communication with God. Jesus began his prayer by reverencing the Lord. He affirmed God in his rightful place and recognized that he is God of heaven. Next thing Jesus said, hallowed be thy name. Honor. Look at somebody and say honor. honor. Honor is the correct posture in which we should approach God. We should come before God with thanksgiving and praise and honor of his greatness. This does not mean you have to sing a song before you start praying. That's what some people think. When I say praise, no, you just praise him. It don't have to be a song. You have to get a key. Hey, man, especially early in the morning, everybody sound like Wheezy Jefferson. No, no, you don't have to get a key and sing. But you just give him praise and thanksgiving. You come before him. Thank you, Lord. I praise you, God. You're worthy of all praise. Hallowed be thy name. We're going to honor you. That's the correct posture. Honor. Amen. I'm going to tell you, you're not going to honor God if you're not honoring the folks in your life that needs honor. That's why he said, honor your father and your mother so that your days will be long upon the earth. Why did he say that? Because if you don't honor your father and your mother, then you can't honor God the right way. Your days will be short if you don't live in honor to God. I can't get amen. That's okay. I know this message is hurting somebody's feelings. But this is how we learn these things. So we're going to honor. We're going to honor uh, and make sure we're in the correct posture when we, we come before God. Just thank him for the things he did before you start asking for other things. Psalm 71 and 8. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor when? All the day. So after our father which art in heaven, after the reverence and then after the honor, he says to say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Submission. Uh-oh. It's required of all of us. Everyone has to submit to somebody. Prayerful allegiance to God's kingdom and will is necessary to remove selfish requests from our prayers. If we pray God's will, then we are guaranteed results because we are aligned with his desires. Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In other words, this is not about me. This is about you, God. So what you want, let that be done. Let your kingdom come. So whatever I'm requesting, God, if it's not in line with what you want, I don't want it. Submission. Make sure you're submitting to God's will. Thy kingdom. Lord, what you want is what I want. Even though my flesh doesn't want it, my spirit wants it because I want to be in line with you. Even though it may hurt, make me sad. I'd rather be a little sad now 
than sorrowful later. Can I preach in here? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, you know that woman is not your wife. You know that's not God's will. So you need to pray, Lord, your will be done. My flesh is weak because she got that hair in them eyes, Lord. Oh, just, 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 just cover my eyes with your hand, God, the palm of your hand. So I don't make the wrong, amen? So I can fight it off now instead of live with foolishness later. Hey. Matthew 6 and 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first. That means when I come before God, your kingdom come. Your will be done, which is his righteousness. What you want, I'll back off. Man, if you did that every time you prayed, your life might be foolishness free. Give us this day our daily, look at somebody say daily. Daily Daily bread. I love this part. I was talking to someone this week, struggling, struggling with the daily bread. Because the daily bread can be a struggle if you're used to Always doing things your way. Daily bread can be a struggle. Especially if you used to always having a plan for everything. Because God don't like man's plans. Not at all. The way you planned it and mapped it out, that's not God and you know it. That's you. God's not probably not going to even show you tomorrow. He wants you to live for him today and trust him for tomorrow. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. God, you told me to do this and I can't see what's going to happen. What is, what, what's going to happen? Now, that don't mean you go quit your job and say, uh, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I know I'm going to sleep today. I shall sleep today. And we'll see. We'll let tomorrow deal with tomorrow. You crazy. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about natural things like that. I'm talking about spiritual things. Amen. That's daily bread. God wants us to depend on, to depend on him and to be satisfied with daily bread. Bread. During the journey in during their journey in the wilderness, the children of Israel received only a daily supply of food from heaven. So they would learn to be content and not worry about the future. God fed them daily. If they tried to save it and keep it, worms would show up in it. Wouldn't even be edible because God did not want them trusting their own ability. They could not grow manna. You can't grow that, man. That came from Jesus. I just took clouds and... You can't do that. You can't grow it. That's all they had. He put them in a place where that was all they had. And they had to trust him every day for it. He was teaching them a principle. Daily. Look at somebody say daily bread. Daily bread. Daily bread. Trust in God daily for provision. Daily means slowly. Yeah, you got to do it day by day. That's slowly. That means you're not thinking too far into the future because the further you think into the future, the more pressure you put on yourself. Amen. Your blood pressure would go down if you understood daily bread. And then one thing that really helps is, can you be content with where you are right now? Amen. Always asking and seeing and wanting. Be content with what you have. That's why Paul and the disciples, that's the first thing God taught me when I was getting into ministry. 
was how to have integrity in ministry. The way you have integrity in ministry is to be content. Discontentment messes with your integrity. Because then you begin to want too much and you forget why you're even doing it. So I watched Paul said it. He said, I've learned in all things to just be content. Meaning I'm just going to chill with what I have. And be satisfied with that. That way the message doesn't change. Praying with godly contentment keeps us focused on God's will. Hebrews 13 and 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Your conversation be without covetousness. What does that mean? Stop talking about what you want all the time. What you don't have all the time. What other people have that you don't have and you want. Can I preach in here? Forgive us as we forgive others. Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our trespasses. However you say it, whatever translation. But basically, God, forgive me of my sins as I forgive others. Doesn't work without forgiving others. Amen. He said, when you stand praying, do what? Forgive. That your father in heaven will also forgive you. So you have to forgive others. Sometimes the unforgiveness is deeply rooted in you. Amen. Yes, you, 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 you have hatred towards your father, towards your mother, towards your brother and your sister for things that they did. And then you wonder why your prayers aren't being answered. God said, when you stand praying, forgive. He's not going to hear your prayer if you are praying with unforgiveness. And that don't mean you just slap somebody and you got to run and go apologize. No, some of this stuff is lifelong. You've been holding a grudge and wrath against your dad and your mom for many, many years and have not let it go. And then wonder why your life is a wreck. It's a wreck because your prayers don't work. Unforgiveness. It can't be that simple. That's not simple. It's deeply rooted. A bitter root has sprung up in you for a certain person. And that person stops your prayers. Unforgiveness blocks our access to God. Many of us pray ineffectively because we have not truly forgiven those that we feel have harmed us. Well, how do I know if I really forgave them? If I said their name, would you get mad? Face change? Voice change? Then you haven't forgiven them. Can't go to sleep because they came in your mind? Y'all know that feeling, right? The racing thoughts, you're just thinking about them. They're somewhere on the swings. Remember that? <laughs> why, why is God not hearing me? Why is he not? Because you have not forgiven. You got to forgive them and let it. Look, somebody say, let it go. We have the DVD available right out, right, right out there. Remember we balled up the piece of paper that said forgiveness? Remember that? How it scarred your hand over just a few seconds? How your, your hand showed signs of it just a few minutes? And some of y'all been carrying it for many, many years. You can't get to the level God has for you because you're carrying unforgiveness. Many of us pray ineffectively because we have not truly forgiven those that we feel harmed us. We can appear to be great and powerful believers. Folks with unforgiveness can outshout anybody. When the music starts, hey, be looking at you. You know the folks that dance and look at you. Ain't that weird? That's unforgiveness. So mad they can't close their eyes. That used to creep me out. But people, yeah, 
They can out, oh, don't, let's not even talk about tongues and stuff. Oh, they can speak with tongues of men and demons. Men and of angels, that's what that's talking about. Yeah, they got demonic tongues. Oh, they can make their tongue come out and write a word on the wall. Like, uh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they got all the, all the power. You can't even talk to them. How you doing, sister? Oh, a shot die. I'm doing good. Okay, well, I'm glad to hear that. How's your husband treating you? Oh, no. No. <laughs> Still mad at him, huh? I mean, <laughs> unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. A lot of them raped and molested and in total denial about it. Total denial. Amen. Total denial, but treat their husband like crap. And he won't, that's why he don't come to church. Because he can't see the change. Yes, sir. Everybody in the church can. Oh, man, when she's get to walk and she just jump on top of this and start dancing. <laughs> but he's in there like, girl, you treat me like the devil every day. Because he's bitter. Bitter root grew up, grew up in it because she was hurt or molested or raped or something when she was young. Never got over it. Carrying that bitter root. And so they use religion to make themselves look better. Because religion, you don't have to prove it. I prove nothing. They say anything. Oh, yesterday God came in my house. Yes, yes, he came in my house. I saw him. Turned on the TV. God, yes, he did. And told me, stop watching this stuff. God came in there. And they can say anything. Oh, but where your, where your husband? Where your kid? What's your house look like? How could God get in your old dusty house? You, you ain't cleaning it because you always praying. Yeah, but some of these folk call themselves prayer warriors. I know some. Walking ass can't even open the door. Man, you got a whole lot of bolts and stuff on this door. You, you, you know, you got a, some security stuff on this door. No, them just closed behind it. I'll get to them. I'll get to them in a few weeks. But right now, it's about God. Oh, see, that's that. Yeah. Foolishness. Some of this stuff, man, come on. But they use this stuff to make up for, especially if they have like a rough past and everybody knew about it. They'll use Christianity and spirituality to try to make themselves look improved in front of everybody. I'm not like that anymore. So they go overboard. Overboard with the deepness and the, you know what I'm saying? It's a show of religion is what it is. Mark 11 and 25. And when you stand praying, what? Forgive if you have ought against any that your father also in, is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. So when you stand praying, do what? And that's not the, that's not the recent stuff. That's not just what just happened last week. I'm talking about what happened when you were younger. The way you feel about that situation. When your mama's name is mentioned, you get upset. Your blood pressure goes up when they mention your father's name. Your brother. Your sister, these things are blocking your prayers and you can't successfully get to God. Lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation is an effective one line prayer. When you're not strong enough to fight it, just pray this. I promise something will happen and a way of escape will come. Guaranteed. This is, I mean, this is probably the most powerful part of the Lord's prayer to me because personally using this, I mean, it works. 
It is an effective one-line prayer. It is a prayer within a prayer. When the devil comes to tempt us and do us harm, we can say these words and immediately find a way of escape. Anybody ever just, you, you, you needed some help to escape? Anybody? Now, I know we got some saved folks just saved on high by the most high on high. I know, I understand. You don't deal with this stuff. But the human folk, the humans, every now and then something rise up in the flesh. Yeah, let somebody cut you off on the road. Oh, oh, I want to write some words on my windshield with my tongue. But I need God, lead me not into temptation. I need a way of escape. When the devil comes to tempt us and do us harm, we can say these words, immediately find a way of escape. It is not God's desire for us to sin. So Jesus added this phrase to remind us that he is able to what? Keep us from falling into temptation and to deliver us from evil. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is what? Faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So he already promised he's going to make a way, but you need to ask for that way. Lead me not into temptation. Let this be a day, God, that I stay free from sin. Don't let me go down the wrong path today. Amen. Lead me not into temptation. Summary. The Lord's Prayer is usually one of the first prayers that we learn as believers. Most Christians can recite it what? But the true meaning of prayer and its real purpose is usually not taken into consideration when it is recited. The Lord's Prayer is more than just a biblical prayer to repeat verbatim. It is a formula or outline that should be applied to our prayers in order to align them with the will of God. Jesus taught his disciples how to pray and get results. He stated that no man cometh to the Father except by the Son. If Jesus is the only way to access the Father, then would not his prayer formula be the best way to access God? Psalm 61 and 1, hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I what? Cry unto thee. This is David talking about praying. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Did this lesson help you today? Everyone stand to your feet. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com. Dot com.